Hello, and welcome to Taxing Times, the podcast that explores the fascinating, controversial, and often wacky history of taxation. I'm your host, Nooper Kumar, aka Super Nooper, a major tax and history nerd, and the managing partner of Fact Professional, a CPA firm. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most controversial and violent tax protests in American history, the Whiskey Rebellion. For Hamilton fans out there, you may remember this one-off line, imagine what's going to happen when you try to tax our whiskey. Well, it happened, and it was messy. The Whiskey Rebellion was a 1794 uprising of farmers and distillers in western Pennsylvania who resisted a federal tax on whiskey. This tax was the first one imposed on a domestic product by the newly formed U.S. government, and it sparked a fierce debate over the role and power of the federal government versus the states and the people. But why whiskey, you may ask? Well, whiskey was not just a drink, but also a form of currency and, of course, a source of income for many frontier farmers. They used their surplus grain to make whiskey, which was easier to transport and store than bulky crops. They also traded whiskey for goods and services or sold it for cash. Whiskey was so important that some farmers even paid their taxes with it. Probably not something you should try today, of course. So when the federal government decided to tax whiskey in 1791, as part of a grand plan to pay off the national debt from the Revolutionary War, many farmers felt that it was unfair and oppressive. They argued that they had no representation in Congress, and the tax favored large distillers over small producers. They also complained that the tax had to be paid in cash, which was scarce on the frontier. It's interesting because some of the things in this case are still so relevant to the way that we look at our country and the way that we're struggling with certain issues today. And the farmers, they did not just grumble about the tax. They actively resisted it. They refused to pay, harassed, and even attacked tax collectors. And they formed militias to defend their rights. They also held meetings, wrote petitions, and sent delegates to negotiate with the federal government. The most violent incident of the rebellion occurred on July 16, 1794, when a group of about 500 armed rebels attacked the home of John Neville, who was a wealthy landowner and tax inspector. Neville and the slaves on the property fought back. They killed one rebel and they wounded several others. While the rebels retreated, they returned the next day with reinforcements. They surrounded Neville's house, which was defended by, by a small group of federal soldiers. A fierce battle ensued, which ended when Neville escaped and the rebels burned down his house. Now, this attack alarmed President George Washington, who saw it as a threat to the authority and stability of the new nation. He was, of course, the first president of the United States. This was when the country was just starting. So he decided to use force to suppress the rebellion, and called on the governors of the four states at the time to provide militia troops. He also appointed two commissioners to negotiate with the rebels and offer them amnesty if they would submit to the law. 
Washington himself led an army of about 13,000 militiamen across the Allegheny Mountains in October 1794. This was the first and only time that a sitting U.S. president personally committed troops in the field. Washington's show of force had its desired effect. Most of the rebels dispersed or surrendered without a fight. Only a few were arrested and tried for treason. And two were, believe it or not, later convicted, but they were pardoned by Washington. The Whiskey Rebellion was over, but its legacy was not. The rebellion exposed the deep divisions among Americans over the role of the federal government and fueled the rise of political parties. The Federalists, who supported Washington and Hamilton's strong central government and fiscal policies, lost popularity in the Western regions where the rebellion occurred. The Republicans, who opposed the whiskey tax and favored states' rights and local democracy, gained support among the farmers and frontiersmen. Aspects of the separation between federal and state government policies are still sprinkled throughout our political debates to this day. The rebellion also demonstrated that the new U.S. government had the power and will to enforce its laws, even if it meant using military force against its own citizens. Some historians see this as a positive sign of national unity and strength, while others see it as a negative sign of tyranny and oppression. So what do you think? Was the whiskey tax justified or unjust? Was Washington right or wrong to use such force against the rebels? And the most important question of all, should we make our life easier and go back to using whiskey as a currency? Talk about literal liquidity. <laughs> well, that's all for this episode of Taxing Times. You can follow us on Instagram at Fact Professional and send us a message for other podcast ideas. For tax or accounting questions, you can email our office, info at factprofessional.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and leave a review if you liked it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more Taxing Times.